I'm Pete Seligman. Welcome to Season 3 of my podcast, The Next Step. This year, the Australian ETA and Search Fund community is looking forward to its first big event for the region. The ETA Forum will be held at the Manly Pacific Hotel on Manly Beach in Sydney on Friday the 16th of September. In the lead up to the event, I'll be interviewing the speakers and moderators to give you some insight into the experience, capability and knowledge that will be on offer when we all come together for the first time. Please stay tuned as we count down the days and be sure to yell out if you have any questions or comments to offer so we can make the ETA Forum a great event for all involved. Now let's jump into this episode of The Next Step. The way that we've observed to do it is not so much through an innovation lab. An innovation lab in a business is going to make incremental change on the edges. Where you get disruptive outcomes is like small teams, isolated from the day-to-day, freedom to operate. And that's why we came on this model of joint ventures is get them outside the building, let them run separately, don't put red tape around them, let them do what they got to do for their specific purpose and you'll get much better success. In today's episode of The Next Step, I speak to Scott Middleton, who's the founder and CEO of Terum. Terum is a technology-based business that provides tech product development support for big to small businesses across Australia and New Zealand, all the way from strategy to product to engineering and everything in between. Scott and his team have recently developed a JV structure whereby they partner with businesses, typically small to medium type businesses, around building technology that supports the growth of those businesses and as such has come across the search model in the last sort of six to 12 months and has been really engaged by it so much so that he's become an excellent supporter of the community and will be sponsoring the event that we have coming up, the ETA Forum, in a few weeks' time from now. He'll be speaking at that event also on a panel about the various forms of search and will be giving us a description of the JV model that he and his team are bringing to market that leverages some elements of the search model and also partnership with searches and the businesses that they end up buying. Scott has got a range of experience from building his own computer game years and years ago through working on technology projects with VCs, startups, high growth businesses, all the way through to government organizations like the ATO. So he's got a wide range of experience and in some parts of the conversation, I find it hard not to end up down all sorts of rabbit holes. So it was a great conversation and I hope you enjoy it. And if you want to see Scott and catch up with him in person, then make sure you get along with the ETA forum in a few weeks. Morning, Scott. Thanks very much for joining us on this episode of The Next Step. It's great to have you. Thanks very much. Great to be here, Pete. Thanks for having me. No worries. No worries. Now, to kick things off, because you're... I guess, relatively new to kind of search and and ETA for the benefit of those people listening. Why why don't you give us a bit of your story, a bit of your background and and kind of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so my story, I am the founder and CEO of Terum. I'll kind of start there for a second, then go back to the beginning. So Terum, we are technology, product development and consulting. So we help Australia's fastest growing companies build their tech products by embedding teams, helping them on strategy. We also work with enterprises like Qantas and QBE and government as well. And, and we we apply the same thing, which is small tech teams building disruptive outcomes with and for our clients. And so that's what we, we do today. We're about uh, 50-something people. And I built that up over 10 years. And so my, my background is... A long, long time ago, I built and sold a game when I was a kid, sold that globally, 
use the proceeds to go and buy <laughs> go and buy a Nintendo and a and a I think it was a an Xbox at the time or something. We went and got I went and got the two things and blew all my proceeds on games. Mm-hmm. I tried to kind of back it up and release more games, but game development is it turns out it's pretty hard to to keep it up. So what and was the come on, what was the game? The game was called Shuriken Storm and it was uh I sold it to a publisher. V- Viva La Mobile was their name at the time. This was like early tech industry of Australia and uh bumped in them at a conference, sold them the game. They they then distributed and published it. And this was back when probably like you're playing Snake as a color game on yeah. the phone. Yeah. Just when that came out. And the way to get your game distributed globally was not in the app store at all. It was you had to go carrier to carrier and negotiate um negotiate contracts with them. Wow. And and what did the what did the game do? Like what was the what was the name? Have you ever played Bomberman? Have you ever played Bomberman? Oh yeah. Yeah, so it was Bomberman, but you're a ninja. Super yeah. original. <laughs> cool. You're so ahead of my, your time. <laughs> yeah, well, that was my that was my intro to honestly. It was this kind of weird moment where I said, hang on a second, I can make money doing what I love, which is mm. creating technology. Uh, and I can make it for myself. And that kind of set me on this this pathway of of um entrepreneurship around tech and really where my passion lies, which is meeting point of technology, strategy, so commercial, and then also, you know, what's the right thing for the customer. And when those things come together, that's that's what I, I love doing. I love bringing bringing that all together. So my my, you know, then went on from from there was a uh I sold SaaS software before it was kind of called SaaS. Uh, so, you know, like a licensed subscription. So I've carried a target. I've written software. I've been an engineer um, working on some large projects. And I kind of bring all that together. Um, I've also lost a lot of money. I probably lost about a million dollars of my own money on, on uh, let's call it like, they weren't bad ideas. They were just poorly executed is how it would put it. So so when I'm talking about this stuff, it's from a, like I, I have to learn decisions the hard way because I'm playing with my own money, not someone else's. Yeah. And so I always kind of reflect, but I love the thrill of it, right? And I just love being on the edge of it. And so that that's really my my background of why, why Terum came about was I, I just saw a real um, need to help organizations build tech products better and help their teams perform better and then as a result like how did i come to search so as a result of that uh, about two three years ago we set up we call it terum joint ventures and terum joint ventures actually partly based on the the search model we're not a we're not a vc fund at all what we do is we work with market leading businesses the the better the niche the more we love them. We work with market-leading businesses to spin out uh, technology ventures and build them in partnership with those market leaders. Uh, we, we were kind of fortunate enough to spin out a business from IAG, the big, in, uh, the big insurer. They're, they're kind of probably, you know, on that top end of corporate mm. that we work with. But I, I would say our real passion is the kind of, you know, 10 to 50 million turnover business, super niche. Uh, you know, they're like the experts in their field and working with them on 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 what an opportunity could be. And that so 
that's how I've come to search. So we we have a joint venture with IAG and we're out looking for other joint ventures to build. And we, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things I love about the search model, but that's how I came came to search. And how and how do you, um, you know, IAG, as you say, is a big beast and a lot of not only what you love doing, but also the secret source that you would be bringing to that environment is that effectively that entrepreneurial spirit, right? That that risk taking, that thing, that ability to try something new, that kind of sense of urgency, um, you know, the agility and all that kind of thing. How do you find it um, interfacing that with kind of corporate culture and, and and big business and structures and approval processes and bureaucracy and all that sort of stuff that just has to come with a bigger business? How, how have you found that experience? Oh, the, I mean, this is this is literally what we do as a business a lot of the time. It's a, uh, you know, the exciting thing about those big businesses is, and and um, you know, we work with like uh, the Australian Tax Office, for example. The exciting thing about those big organisations is that there's really big opportunities attached mm-hmm. to them. You know, you you can, uh, we've launched products with Qantas, for example. That have moved the needle on their share price and gone to millions of people in the first week. Kind of. So, so you get um, that experience and, and you learn a lot. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, organizational inertia and everything that gets in the way. And I think, look, that's why on on the search side, our mm. search model, we're really looking for more. Again, that like. W- really to work with search, like in some ways work, work with searches mm. and work with the businesses that searches buy mm. because we can move a lot faster at opportunities. We can we can be a bit more um, on the edge and we can push boundaries more, which we think is kind of necessary to, to make things work and make decisions faster and learn faster. So that's why we've shifted a bit our model and where with TJV, it's really that that niche market leader we want to work with not so much the big end of town that that may come about from time to time but it's not our focus because it's interesting um a lot of these bigger businesses like the coles woolworths cba like all these guys have their little incubators that they're trying to work out and it's just interesting like i occasionally manage to bump into um someone who's either in one of those incubators or in one of the businesses that has one just interesting the successes and failures in um that dichotomy between yep. what's needed in an incubator like that and effectively what is the inherent culture of a big business so um you know do, do you think that in the big business world before we shift the discussion to the to the yeah, yeah. World, do, do yeah. you think that in that big business world that is going to be a successful model like it's only been around for for effectively a few years really do you think that in time they'll work out how to really make that work because as you say like their reach is massive their their um wallet is huge yeah if they can work out how to point that gun in the right direction to be awesome do, do you think they'll get there in the end I, I have some some strong views on this and, and often our role is to sometimes ruffle feathers a bit on on this topic so Number one is they're too slow, full stop. Mm. Like they're just too slow. And then number two is I actually, and I'm not the only one that believes this, it's a pretty strong misuse of shareholder money to be investing in 
startups as a minority interest. And I say that on the basis of if I'm an investor, and I say this because I've made angel investments and that kind of thing, and when I look at it, like when I'm investing, I'm looking at the stock market saying, well, I'm investing in um, company X who's listed because I believe in what they're doing in their market, mm. not because I want them to be a VC. Mm. I mean, if I want to give money to a VC, oh, I will walk much. over to a VC and I and I will give them their money. Mm. And that's a different like. So I think first of all, there's this almost fundamental ethical thing around shareholder uh, value that is super important. Like mm. it, it gets lost in this whole thing. Like we kind of got to go to that step. That being said, it's super important for for large businesses to work with. Um, to work with s- smaller businesses because big businesses have a, uh, as you've spoken about, like the process, bureaucracy, et cetera, and what they can get from working with a smaller organization that maybe doesn't hit their usual procurement threshold and all that, they can, they're essentially buying speed and mm. culture. Yeah. And, and too often these big organizations discount this factor Oh, we're you know we're big, we're big brand X. We can you know we we can do whatever we set our minds to. No, you can't because you've got this huge inertia that exists, and a lot of those venture teams themselves in these big organisations. In fact, I would argue all of them are struggling with that inertia themselves. Mm. They can maybe navigate it a little bit better and help their partners navigate it, but. Um, yeah, and then and then there's also this in like so there's other things that big organizations can do aside putting money in. Um, does that answer your question yeah, completely? Ab- absolutely. I, I I have, yeah, this is almost like an entire. We could talk for an hour on probably <laughs> yeah. like an entire four hours. Well, on and this I topic. think and and I think that it's really interesting because the the thing and and the the thing that is the opportunity then for businesses that might be a searcher type acquisition is to work out how do they dovetail with these bigger organizations. Like I know that for businesses that um that I that I'm already invested in who might deal with government as a customer or deal with kind of large corporate in, for example, the mining sector. Um, yeah. um the, the opportunity for those big customers in working with a small business like the ones that I've got is like you say, like they should be buying the speed and the agility and the culture and all that sort of stuff to get the stuff done that they can't internally because they're a bit hamstrung um, mm. by the inertia and momentum that that effectively it's almost incumbent on them to maintain. Like the, like as you say, their shareholders oh, 100%. have invested they, in them because they want that, right? Yeah, no, so, this is and often often the the statement I preface my uh, feather ruffling with when talking to executives in these firms is. Look, I understand and accept why, like, you've got a big revenue base that's hugely profitable with customers that use you every day. Yeah. <laughs> that you need to, not only do you need to protect, but it's incumbent on you yeah. to continue to do what you do really well. In and a actually, large, fashion. Large, mm. large organizations are built for that exact optimized purpose. Mm. And let's not forget or ignore that. But, but, um, at the same time, rather than try and fight that, let's embrace that and realize that, you, that one of the key reasons we we set up Terum Joint Ventures is because it's really hard, even in a even in a medium sized organization, doing 
you know, 10 to 50 million revenue turnover. And I say this being the CEO of an organization mm-hmm. doing that kind like the 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 challenge is that if you're gonna try and be innovative, you still you need to get outside the building and you've mm-hmm. got to you've got to operate in, independently of the core business. You can't shoot that thing that you're optimizing where you've got profits, you've got you know product market fit, you you you're growing, you're scaling. And this is this was kind of the 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 this was the thing for me. The way that we've observed to do it is not so much through an innovation lab. An innovation lab in a business is going to make incremental change on the edges. Where you get disruptive outcomes is like small teams, isolated from the day-to-day, freedom to operate. And that's why we came on this model of joint ventures it is get them outside the building, let them run separately, don't put red tape around them. Let them do what they got to do for their specific purpose and you'll get much better success. Yeah. And like one of the things that I really like about um, what I'm learning from you on this model is that if you look at a lot of businesses that would be the kind of target for a searcher, typically they're relatively mature but not yet scaled. So they, they're kind of like pre-scale <laughs> but mature and part of that pre-scale or that scaling opportunity is the fact that you can actually start to put technology around them or start to do some work on the technology they've got or leverage the exposure they've got to a particular market to build related technology within that existing customer base. And so yeah. like that's that's really, really exciting um, because I think that what you can bring to that is one of those things that can be a real leverage point for, for searches that acquire these businesses. And so in, in terms of I mean, in, in the time that you've been kind of swimming around this search space, um, what, what have you learned about it so far and what are the things that kind of resonate for you most in relation to whether it's the search model or whether it's the, the community that you're meeting in, in terms of the searches that are in the market and the investors in the space? Yeah, so there's two good parts there. One, one is the thing that I like about the model is that it, the focus on the style of returns and the type of business that, that people are looking to build. And I say that because in, in the tech industry, when someone talks venture, everyone's minds go straight to, you know, your big unicorns that go from nothing to a couple of billion uh, in valuation. I can tell you having worked with them and worked on a lot of startups and worked across things is that is awesome if you're if you your business and and the environment and the way you execute all come together beautifully and you're able to be one of those businesses and you get the right funding partners on board and off you go that is awesome the 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 thing that is interesting about that model is it's very skewed in the vc's favor so the vc's get this great portfolio of businesses that are going to try and shoot the lights out mm. the searcher or the founder only has one kind of thing that they can they can do, right? And that means you're basically going for, I'm either going to like punch the lights out or be looking for a job in two years <laughs> and be back yeah. to square one. Yeah. And I look, that is an awesome model. And I like, I love it. There's so many things I love about it. And, and it's what, when I've done angel investing, that's what I like backing, right? But there's another... There's this other model, which is a bit more akin to private equity, which I think search is 
exactly this is what I love about search is it's well, hang on a second. What if we hit some like twos and fives? Mm. Or what, you know, what what if we hit two? Because in my book, if I put my investment cap on or I look for my returns, like two doubling your money is a pretty good outcome mm. in most people's books. Like if you look <laughs> yeah. if you look at what what a lot of funds target, like if you go look at the 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 information memorandum of a VC mm. fund or a private equity firm or a hedge fund, a lot of them are gonna say 20%. Mm. Like <laughs> yeah. we're going after yeah. 20%. So to 2x your money in in you know three to five years or to produce a great amount of cash flow, I don't know, I get excited about that. Yeah. It might be it's a bit different to other people, but that's really exciting to me. It sounds like it can. I know for some people they go, they go, oh, it's a bit uh maybe middle of the road, but I'm like, well, I don't know about middle of the road. Like that's pretty <laughs> that's well, a pretty the other good thing, outcome. The other thing I find about that though is that is it, strangely, if you say I'm gonna go 10x or 100x, right? Um, it's almost an easier claim to make because if you miss it, people are like, oh well. Yeah, I mean that's massive, right? Yes. Whereas yeah. if you say, if you say I'm going to go two x, like you kind of better do it because everyone's like, well, you didn't even do two x, like. Yeah. So it's actually a harder claim to make to say that I reckon I can double the money here, and I reckon I can do it in three to five years because it's actually it's actually achievable, and so you really got to back yourself almost more than the ten x guy because you're yeah. actually backing yourself into something that people think is achievable. And 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 the the interesting thing is the achievability. Yeah, like the achievability becomes all right. Well, we we, we can all know the steps here. Mm. These are knowable steps. Yeah. And and suddenly we're removing a bit more luck from the equation. Yep. Uh, we're also possibly removing a bit of that like super outsized return. Mm. But it, it but um, I think by going in that approach, you also open up options. You've got more options on the table, and as the individual doing the search or building the business, putting their time in. I think that's a really nice set of outcomes. Suddenly, the, the founder or the searcher is the one with the options and the investors mm. have got more options. And I like I like that. And I think the thing I like about the search community is there's a lot of people aligned around that similar mm. kind of... Uh, look, we'd all love to have, you know, like find that that right market proposition that means the business suddenly has this fantastic run of growth. Like there's not a single person out there in business that doesn't want that kind of thing to happen. But what I like about the search community is it just kind of vibes with my approach, which is that really uh, methodical, um, considered, you know, take out your downside, give yourself options, build your cash flow. I really like that. And I think it's a lot of what when I found, came across it, I was like, well, this is this is like me. This is mm. describing some of my and it's helped me articulate my values in some way around business. Mm. But and it's also really helped us shape what we do in in our joint ventures because you know, we in a lot of ways we're going for that style of business where we're taking a bunch of downside out, taking a bunch of risk out. Yeah, that, that's what we look at. Yeah, awesome. And and so in, in that regard, I mean, one of the things that we've been noticing about the search kind of community per se over the last, definitely over the last year and a half, but even in the last six months, is that it's really starting to grow quite rapidly. 
Um, and I imagine even you've started to see some of that in the in the time that you've been looking at it as well. Um, and and as have you started to see that flow through to a, an increase in opportunity in relation to that JV model that you're trying to build? Like, are you starting to see those those dots joining um, more than they were? Yeah, they, it's it's coming together. I think we've still got a lot more to do to talk about um, our model because it it is a bit different, and often it gets bucketed in the 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 venture mm. bucket or. or um, Maybe in the cert, like, and we're trying to align it a bit more in how we talk about it because it's got a lot more akin to the search model. To be honest, we go, we search for an opportunity. We're not trying to do, you know, there's been other venture style things that everyone kind of associates it with the, oh, you're going to go and build like 40 different startups and mm. try and, no, that's not us. So, you know, the, just having the word venture in what we do, we, we, we've got a bit of education to go around our model and how it's probably a bit more related to the search model. Yeah. Well, and and one of the great things about that, not, not thanks for laying up the segue. Um <laughs> like one of the one of the great things is you you're you're a great supporter of the the forum we've got coming up in a few weeks time now. And and one of the things that you'll be um chatting to some of the other guys on the panel about is these different models, right? Like and search does yes. have quite a few different approaches to it. There's there's obviously a traditional structure and self-funded and accelerators and various other things. And so we'll get yeah. to hear a bit from you about, um, you know, how that JV model is comparing and contrasting to those different options. So, I mean, I think that sounds like a great opportunity, and, and I know that you've had a chat to Rob about that along the way. Can I, can I, um, on, on that one? I think just to preview that conversation a bit, one of the things I really want to touch on is why it's interesting to a searcher mm. and and there and the investors in search. And and I say that because it's really interesting in that, uh, by um, if you go buy a technology business today, you're competing with VC-style valuations mostly. Our take on it was, and, and the reason why we came to this model was, well, actually, if we go and search for these spin-outs or joint ventures with existing businesses, a lot of people don't want to do the work. Mm. Let's be honest. Like yeah. they don't, they, it's easier for them to go, oh, I don't want to go set up a partnership with someone. I'm just going to fire up my laptop and start building my app or something. Um, and so that's kind of step one. So there's a great opportunity for a searcher, just as there is in other search opportunities to put the work in, find these hidden opportunities. But importantly, to find if you're interested in that technology style business, it's to find a technology style business without the valuation mm. impediment because you're doing the... I hate like arbitrage gets misused, but mm. you're putting the effort in to identify and find the opportunity where other people aren't, and that's how you get the saving on the valuation mm. effectively. Yeah. But you, yeah. then you've got this fantastic upside because if you manage to get it going, and we've got a few techniques to take risk out, if you manage to get it going, you've got a technology business. Mm. Not only do you have a technology business, but you've leveraged the market position of a market leader to de-risk it and put it on the forefront. So, holy moly, you're like, not only have you got in cheap, but you're about five steps ahead of any other startup trying to compete with you. And I think that's where I get really excited about the opportunity for searchers to work with us mm. to go and find opportunities. And that's why I love the model. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, that exactly as you say, one of the things that, that startups struggle with a lot 
is the product market fit and then the customer base, right? Like, yeah. and if you've already got an existing business in that space, you understand that market. So market. you can get the product fit, right? And you've already got like, you've got your test bed of customers that are already buying other stuff from you for you to then say, oh, by the way, here's a new piece of technology we've developed. Like you've got a ready-made marketplace just sitting there waiting to go. So you're right. It's a, yeah. it's a really good fit. Yeah. it's And I guarantee if you go talk to anyone running a business that's, you know, one of those niche market leaders and you go, how could you use technology? Mm. What would you launch to supercharge your thing? They'll give you a list of five ideas. Yeah. Like I know yeah. this because I'm always talking to people like that yeah. and they've yeah. always got five ideas for you yeah. ready to go. And yeah. these are ideas that they've probably been sitting on for like three years, working with their customers, seeing how they interact with their customers. It's, yeah. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, thanks very much for your time this morning. It's great to catch up in advance of seeing you in a couple of weeks at the forum. And, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing more from that conversation that you'll have on the panel and also catching up with a range of other people at the event. So thanks for your time this morning. It was great to catch up. No worries. Thanks, Pete. Great to chat to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Next Step. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're joining us at the 2022 ETA Forum in Manly, I look forward to seeing you there. If you haven't already bought a ticket and this episode lit the spark, please head to etaforum.com.au to book your place and we'll see you in September.